Joining me now for this bonus episode of Locked On Gators is John Garcia, Sports Illustrated's Director of Football Recruiting and Locked On's Recruiting Insider. It's been a while since I've said that. It's been a while since I've said this. Before getting into it, I'd like to thank LinkedIn Jobs for being the official college football recruiting sponsor across the Locked On College Network. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. Terms and conditions apply. And John, it's been quite a while. Um, I'm pretty sure since the last time we had you on, the Florida Gators have not had a 2023 commit since then. So it's your fault. That's that's what I'm saying yes, now. Obviously, that's, that's now. It's, it's completely your fault. <laughs> you weren't on the recruiting trail for us, so that, that's your fault. But uh, there's quite a bit of smoke around some recruits with the Florida Gators, and we're going to start with the one that it seemingly forever has been connected to the Florida Gators. Cormani McLean, what is the latest on him and his recruitment? That's a good point, Brandon, the, the forever part, right? Because I think there's a perception that this is a Corey Raymond special. And look, this is not to take anything away from him. DBU, the go, anything we want to bestow upon him as an individual position recruiter and or developer still applies and certainly enhances Florida's chances to beat out Alabama and Georgia and Miami and whoever else wants to get in on Cormani. But there is a forever component to the Gator angle in particular with McLean. Uh, I think the last two or three cornerbacks coaches have been able to get him on campus. The Dan Mullen staff got him for back-to-back-to-back visits last year before they were fired. So this Florida Cormani McLean thing is well beyond Corey Raymond, although now – Raymond is maybe the best part of the pitch for him to to stay in state and, and rock the blue and orange. But yeah, it's been a forever deal with Cormani. He's already visited again recently. I believe he's planning at least one more in-season trip up to Gainesville from Lakeland, which is, of course, a pipeline in and of itself. Uh, so that's always good news from that Gator perspective. And it's really, when you look at the recruitment, two things for me jump out. No disrespect to Georgia or Miami. Still feels like a Gators-Bama kind of battle. And I think those are the two visits that he continues to contemplate moving forward. So I think that tells you that maybe he's getting a little bit closer to a decision. Because while we expect this to be this longstanding battle, signing day, December kind of deal, He's never really come out and said that. Um, He has kind of stuck to, I need to take my visits and and kind of go from there. And when we follow that up with, okay, you're planning trips to Gainesville, maybe Tuscaloosa, Miami and Athens is sort of TBD. I think that furthers the narrative that it still feels very much like a Florida and Alabama deal. But that second part, the timeline, I think that's the entire key to this Cormani McLean recruitment because conventionally you expect those guys to go the distance, but when they don't, It's often better news for the program that has been in longer standing with said recruit. And we just talked about how long the Gators have been in and maybe at or near the top for McLean. So if the timeline is October or November, as opposed to mid-December, I think December 14th is is early signing day. To me, that's great news for the Florida Gators. Uh, And then you start to to pump up the Raymond and, and, and the recency angle that maybe most people view this as anyway relative to Florida's positioning. But the timeline is is really where my head has been at most recently with Cormani. The players remain the same. 
He's already become familiar with all those campuses and those pitches from, you know, Saban and Cristobal and, and Kirby Smart, respectively. So for me, it's about the timeline. The sooner he does it, the better for Florida's chances, in my opinion. If it does drag out to signing day, it doesn't mean the Gators are out, but it certainly feels like that was more time for Alabama and maybe one of those others to start, you know, making up some theoretical ground that the Gators have created. And now I know every recruit's different, and we'll talk about Dijon as well. But there's something that Florida does at corner that drives me up the wall. I, I hate it so much, but they do it every few possessions. They rotate their corners. You know, you see Jason Marshall and Avery Helm, and then you see Jalen Kimber and Devin Moore. As a recruit, I, again, everybody's different, but as a recruit, how does that kind of play into your mind about whether or not you'll be thought of as the guy, because Jason Marshall is thought of as the guy, but even he rotates in, or is it also like, well, even if I'm not the starter, I'm going to get decent run. Yeah, you can certainly sell that in in both uh, both sides of, of the equation there, Brandon. But but look, I think most colleges are either already doing that or moving towards that because of the nature of college football today. Um, when you're playing a non-Utah or Arkansas type of team, most of these teams are going to be throwing it 40 plus times a game. So just in terms of trying to stay fresh and ready for those big moments, you're going to have to have some type of rotation. Um, but obviously when it's crunch time, uh, when it's a critical situation, your best guys will be out there. So I don't think that's a detractor for Florida relative to some of these other schools. I mean, Alabama still hasn't figured out their cornerback combination this year and they're on to what's well, about to be game four this weekend, Georgia rotates their cornerback. So it's it's not something that is unique to Florida from a rotational perspective. Um, and I don't think that pushes anybody to or, or away from that type of angle. I think it's just kind of an understanding. Same thing now we see with pass rushers and defensive linemen. We see it with wide receivers. Even running backs are rotating at a higher frequency than we've really ever seen because there's so much spread elements in just about every game that that these colleges play. And the games are longer too, right? I mean, I felt like last Saturday, every game was four hours. So it's it's not as quick a game as it used to be. So naturally more plays, uh, more personnel, and more passing, all that pushes you towards having some type of rotation. And those those programs that haven't made that adjustment you know, probably don't have great outputs in the second half of these games uh, from a secondary perspective. Yeah, you talk about games going four hours. That Notre Dame game felt like it was uh, like the entire day. I was miserable every time I flipped to it. I was like, is there literally anything else on TV right now? Because this is horrible. We're about to take a look at two guys who have decommitted from their previous schools and are now on the open market. But first, today's episode of Locked On Gators is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to spice up the college football season or professional football season. You got it there too. It's easy to play and win cold, hard cash in a single game. I know I have every intention of making money this weekend by picking Montreal Johnson to have more than 54 and a half rushing yards. Underdog has investment backing by Kevin Durant, Adam Schefter, and so many more to help build a fantasy platform with a fun user experience. I've always said I love clicking that little share, and I, just, I, I love the layout. It's, it's just so aesthetically pleasing for me. 
with a great support team. Sign up with the promo code Locked On, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. Deposit $100, get another $100 for free. Now we're back with Locked On Gators' bonus episode. John Garcia is still here, and we're talking about two players who have decommitted, but we're going to start off with Deshaun Johnson. We've already talked about corners, so we'll just we'll stay on that topic. Deshaun was previously, of course, committed to Ohio State, is decommitted, and depending on the media outlet, committed four times to the Florida Gators. But uh, <laughs> we'll see what happens with it. But, John, what's the latest on Deshaun Johnson? Yeah, uh, four commitments notwithstanding. This is still Florida's race to lose. I mean, I think it's to the point where Dijon has had to get creative in how he communicates his feelings towards the Gators. Now, what he has admitted publicly is, hey, this is the program recruiting me the hardest. This is the program contacting me the most. And this is the program I am visiting the most, right? FNL, Utah. Kentucky, no visits elsewhere as as far as as my last check. So what he's telling you and what he's showing you is is all about the Florida Gators. But what he has not settled on publicly, and I stress that part, is the timeline. It goes back to what we talked about with Cormani. When does he want to be done, right? Because we do know that there's at least some consistent interest from some of the same schools, Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State would certainly accept him back on their verbal commitment list, although all three of those programs have a lot of DBs committed. And, heck, you know, Florida's got a big class as well. But, you know, there's still some interest uh, for Dijon. This isn't a, you know, a situation where you're waiting on Florida to take him or something like that. Now, this is clearly in his court. Uh, so it's just a matter of when he wants to be truly settled. So, Perhaps he wants to take a couple other visits. He does have some official visits that he could take just from an allotment standpoint. So maybe he wants to get to Tuscaloosa. Maybe they get some intel on Cormani and feel like, well, if, if he's leaning towards the Gators, let's let's push a little bit harder for Dijon. I think that part of it, from, from any of these teams' perspective, could still happen, right? Because the door does still feel a little bit open. But otherwise, this thing, you know, privately publicly and in between really does feel like florida's race to lose and it's just a matter of when that race will officially come to an end but i think you know when a kid's trying to be careful with how he words his interest um he has admitted there's a private leader he didn't say it was florida but we could probably assume that it is uh, and everything else publicly is is just so strong towards uf at this point and then the visits back it up three in a row um, it's really hard to imagine another program winning this recruiting battle, at least as we sit in, in late September. It's really hard to imagine another program in seven, eight weeks coming in and really changing his mind. So I do think that um, if you get one of the two, you're in really great shape from Florida's perspective. They're both big corners. They're very different, but they're both big corners, both in-state at major pipeline areas right dd from tampa cormani from lakeland just areas that that florida has to be prevalent within so i think if you split these two recruitments you feel pretty good about this secondary hall and, and again furthering those pipelines in some important areas yeah uh Deshaun was a weird one so i remember when he decommitted uh, i i was looking at like the wording of it and i was like oh it sounds like he wants to like enjoy his recruitment like he wants to have some fun and then he just went nowhere else but Florida. No other visits, yeah. Exactly. So I was like, okay, this is this is a little odd. Uh, I feel like he might also be doing like 
the Tom Brady thing where it's like, oh, like Adam Schefter ruined my retirement. He's like, oh, well, everybody ruined my commitment. So now I'm going to make them wait on it. Uh, yeah, don't discount that. These Look, these kids are smart. They know. They pay attention. They 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 follow it like, like fans follow it to a degree. Um, so, yeah, don't discount the personal um, – practices i should say of, of some of these recruits there's there are some showmen in a lot of different variations uh for a lot of these top kids and look when you're talking about a db from the sunshine state that's that's right in their lane yeah i mean it's also like this is one of the last times that you get to do this like, even if you're a superstar at the nfl level this is one of the last times where you get to just enjoy being wined and dined and doing whatever you want to do and, and get all this attention so I, I just know I have an ego. I I would absolutely be like, you know, do everything. I'm waiting till the last minute to do this. Um, there is one more recruit that we're talking about who uh, he wanted to wine and dine elsewhere. And then a certain coach in South Bend started whining. And that is Keon Keeley. So Keon Keeley decommitted from Notre Dame. He's visited with, I believe, Ohio State. Uh, he was in Gainesville, and I think has Alabama coming up. So his recruitment's kind of erratic, or or he's going multiple places. So what's the latest on Keon Keeley? Yeah, I think it, it's quite interesting. We're talking about the same programs, right? Alabama and Florida have been in it for basically all these kids. Um, Ohio State uh, creeping in there as well. Um, but what's interesting about this one is is there is a decommitment. But unlike Didi, where you feel like Ohio State would take him back. You know, these two parties have moved on from one another, Keeley and, and Notre Dame. So I think that creates a whole different, you know, very, very resetting feel to the recruitment. Uh, and when you're the number one pass rusher in America, on top of that, you're going to get some of that that elite whining and dining wh wherever you, you may show up. So, look, I, I think this also has a bit of a of a Bama, Florida feel uh, or a Florida Bama feel, however you want to uh, present those two programs. But you can't count out Ohio State. You know, I think that's the biggest difference here is that third team is a legitimate threat. Like you said, he's already visited. He visited for the, the win over Notre Dame, which probably felt amazing uh, for him at, at that that singular moment. Um, and, and that's the one position like we talk about with with the Gators. If they're in it for a corner, it's real. Right. Corey Raymond, all that stuff. If Ohio State is in it for a wide receiver or a pass rusher. It is 100% real because those coaches, Larry Johnson in this case, are are truly noted the same way Corey Raymond is for their recruiting and developing at that position. So you could really never count out Ohio State. But I say that to say it still does kind of feel like Alabama and Florida are in the best position to land him. I think even before he committed to Notre Dame, we were told, look, Tampa kid, grew up a Gator fan. This was always going to be a threat. Whether he commits early or, or not, the Gators will remain a threat. So it kind of feels like Cormani in that sense that the Gators have always been in this, regardless of head coach, regardless of current situation. So I think that's good news on the Gator front. And he's continuing to visit, which is really, really important in, in just confirming that interest so he could feel how different this staff is, how new the vibes might be, um, and honestly how strong this defensive line hall has been. I think you could argue – Receivers close, but I think you could argue that defensive line group that Florida's put together is the strongest on the commitment list right now. So the thought of being the icing on the cake for that could be a different level of, of intrigue for Keeley relative to some of these other schools that are recruiting him. Um, but just like we said, you can't count out Ohio State. You certainly 
can't uh, count out Alabama. They got him on campus right before that Notre Dame decommitment, which was really kind of the the catalyst for all that conversation, right? Marcus Freeman, no visit policy is, is kind of creeping up. And that was really the reason why the conversation did pick up with Keeley. Uh, but he's going to get back to Tuscaloosa as well. So I think that's where you you kind of perk your ears up a little bit as, as a Gator fan. And that's why it feels more, especially with that Ohio State visit already done, that's why it feels a little bit more like a Florida-Alabama battle. And, and look, we've talked about this on your show plenty of times. If you want to be there, that's who you've got to recruit against. You've got to go head-to-head with Saban. you got to go head-to-head with Smart. And you're not going to win all of those, but you've got to one contend. And two, you've got to pluck some of those. you got to pick off a kid every now and then. So your Kelby Collins victories of the world, those have to resonate and, and have to become more of a consistent occurrence. So if, if you're going to do it in state, uh, it's even more important with, with a guy like Keeley, who's just unanimously viewed as, if not the best, one of the best pass rushers in the country for us at SI. He's the number one edge in America, number three overall recruit. Uh, so yeah, obviously a very big deal if, if Florida could pull that one off. I'd be curious just talking out loud here, if your audience would prefer Keeley or Cormani, which one would feel like the bigger victory? Because they're both against Alabama. They're both for top five players in the country, number one players at their position, and they're both Floridians in that I-4 corridor. So um, if you win both, certainly you feel you know like you're the best recruiting program in the country. But if you if you can win one or the other, I'm curious to see which one Gators fans would would prefer. Um, but the timelines might be the same with them anyway. So we're going to find out pretty soon either way. But you've got to beat Saban if you're going to win these recruitments. And I think that's where you want to be as a Florida Gator fan. I know it's been crazy on the field, but in recruiting and building, that's where you want to be contending with I, I say the same thing for any new program that wants to make that jump right Texas A&M last year Florida this year Texas Miami you want to make that jump and become a, a potentially top five top ten recruiting power you've got to go at the schools that have been there all this time so these are great examples and samples of that from the Florida perspective you know I'll, I'll pose the question to my listeners I'll put a poll or I'll put it I'm, I'm curious for real because you could really it's a toss-up for me so yeah, but here's the thing too. Let, let's say the timeline works out where they're both committing generally in the same time. And let's say it's Florida, Bama for both of them as a last two. If one of them commits, whoever commits first, if they commit to Florida or Bama, do you think the other one's like, man, we can we can make some waves if we just kind of kind of jump in there together now? That's a great point as well. You know, we underestimate the relationships that these kids have. And when you are considered an elite recruit, even for a short amount of time, but with these two, it's been two plus years at this point, those kids know each other. I mean, we know how close Tampa and Lakeland are and it's similar schools that are recruiting these two, you know, they've overlapped. Um, So yeah, that that's something that is not to be underestimated because yeah, again, we, we talked about it with Didi. These kids are so aware of what's going on. They know what the, the stars and the rankings look like they know what the class rankings look like they know what their position rankings look like and they know who the other elites in the state and in the country are so there's there's no way these two haven't overlapped at least you know from a communication perspective so yeah that's definitely something to consider that's that's some of the catalyst type of energy that we see from a lot of programs that get hot on the trail right we talked about it 
early in the summer with Miami with those head-to-head battles with Florida. And then Florida recaptured a lot of that momentum. You have to believe that it didn't hurt to see other kids jumping in, you know, making that feel a little bit easier for some of these more recent commitments like the aforementioned Kelby Collins and some of these other guys that has to help in in making uh, creating some benefit of the doubt with with the school you're going to pick. Also important to note, they have been on a Florida visit at the same time before. So, you you know, they've met each other in Gainesville before at the very least. Thank you, John. This is John Garcia, Sports Illustrated's Director of Football Recruiting, Locked On's Recruiting Insider, and he's back. This is like the Michael Jordan has sent a message to the league office. I'm like, that, that's, the, that's the level that we're at now with it. Thank you, John. Happy to be here, boss. Thanks for having me.